0: Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. I am doing a solo episode today just to chat with you guys. And something that I really wanted to talk about today is fail, fail, failures and mistakes. So I was watching my memories from, uh, must've been a year ago when we moved into our house. We bought a house a year ago. And what actually happened when we moved house was we had a huge TV. We'd only had for like maybe, maybe like not even a year. And it was a big expensive TV. And the reason why we got it was because Max smashed our first one with a a toy plastic hammer. Don't ask. I don't know how he did it, but he did. And I remember coming out and Max was just standing there laughing with the hammer, a toy plastic hammer in his hand. And I was like, looked at the TV and it was all colorful and like, wigged out you know how they go when they break and I was like did you hit what did you do that and he's like yes mommy and I was like oh my fucking god but anyway we replaced our tally and not even a year later which was about a year ago we moved into our house that we bought and when we were moving we had removalists come because it was just a whole, like we were trying to renovate at the same time. And so it was just easier to get removalists to come grab all of our stuff and take it. So the removalists came and I was at the house painting and doing all stuff. And Sean rang me and he said, babe, the removalists have just broken our our TV. And I was like, oh, that's so shit. Like, what are they going to do? Basically, like, and I didn't know if they were just going to say, like, sorry, but you know, it's not our fault or we don't cover it or whatever. Now it was their fault because they did, they dropped a corner of it and it was their fault. And I'll never forget, because I, I think I just, at the time I had this thing where I like, I assumed the worst and I sometimes still do this. And then I have to like reframe to assume the most, you know, generous interpretation and or the most generous assumption, or, you know, assume the best. Like, I, I think that it's good if we can always assume the best, but not always the case. And at that time, I was like, I bet you they're not going to replace it. Like, it costs us thousands of dollars. They're not just going to give us thousands of dollars, because the move itself didn't even cost, like, the TV costs more than the move. Anyway, and Sean said, um, yeah, I don't know, they're going to talk to the boss. Anyway, within about... I think an hour, like it was so quick. The boss had rang himself, like not rang himself, he himself rang us and was like, I'm so sorry. This, this never happens. Like it's our mistake or the removalist, the worker's mistake. We are going to give you the money for the, the new TV. Like just send me, do you, he's like, do you have a receipt for the TV that you bought? I was like, yes, I actually do. Cause I literally didn't buy it that long ago. And I sent the receipt within, like, honestly, a couple of hours. The money was in our account. Now, firstly, I I have so much respect for this man for, you know, his customer service. When we look at things from a business point of view, that is, like, amazing customer service. Is it it a shit thing? Yes. But, you know, he, he probably, maybe, potentially, may have made... Five times that amount of money that day, right? Or he may not have, and he just had to cut his losses. But at the end of the day, they made a mistake, they rectified it. And what I want to talk about today is firstly mistakes and failures. But mistakes happen in life. Okay? Mistakes happen. And we can't avoid mistakes and we can't avoid failures. And I think that's what a lot of people they go through life trying to avoid failing, but everybody fails at some points in their life, many points. And there's no secret recipe to never, ever failing. That's that. So for as long as you bypass and avoid failing, you're really just bypassing and avoiding your goals. Like actually let that land for as long as you're trying to avoid failure and and cushion and protect your ego, right? Because that's what actually hurts. When we fail, we get a, we get a bruised ego. So for as long as you're, avoiding failing, you're actually avoiding just taking action and you're avoiding reaching your goals. It's a really unachievable expectation to think you can actually avoid failure for the rest of your life, but we'll go into failure soon. So when it comes to mistakes now, this can be in business, this can be in life, but I'm talking about this in a business context just for the sake of this story that, that happened. And also, we have a business, a mechanic workshop, for those who don't know, and I just it's called Custer Auto Co. but I call it The Workshop. Don't ask me why, I just call it The Workshop. It's just my name for it. And in The Workshop, we have staff, mistakes happen, things fuck up. Like, let's be honest... Things fuck up, mistakes happen every now and then, and our biggest thing, and and this was really reinforced with the TV and the Removalists, is that mistakes are always going to happen, and it's actually not about the mistake and beating yourself up over the mistake, but it's actually how you rectify it now and, and how you deal with it. And this could be the same with failure, right? It's not about looking at the failure and dwelling on it. Or, you know, like beating yourself up about the failure. It's like, what do you actually do with the failure? What do you do about the mistake? Now, let's use hairdressing as an example. You fuck someone's hair up, right? It's not the way you want it. If you let that person walk out of the salon, even though you know that that job that you did isn't 100% because you maybe potentially made a mistake, you are not sitting in integrity. If you let someone leave without saying something with a job that you're not happy with because you've made a mistake, that is out of integrity. So what would be in integrity is to sit there and say and admit, hey, I've made a mistake with your hair. I'm not happy with it 100%. Let's rectify it. Come back next week. Let's Let's pop a couple more foils in it, whatever it is. That, to me, is in integrity. And that is something because me as a hairdresser, I would do if I wasn't 100% happy with someone's hair because I'd made a mistake or I'd fucked something up. I would say, hey, I've made a mistake. This is what we're going to do. Are you good with that? As a consumer and as a customer, I have, I'd have, come back to that person for the next five years given that the, my, I was continued to be happy with my service, right? I would keep coming back for 10 years because they know that person's in integrity and that if any other mistakes happened in the future, they would rectify them and they'd admit it. They're willing to drop their ego and admit that they've made a mistake. Now, when it comes to the workshop, we have had mistakes happen. Now, recently there was a big mistake that was made by one of our staff members, absolute accident, like 100% accident. And the mistake cost us $7,000 now we luckily have insurance that helped cover some of it but it was like out of pocket thousands of dollars what we were more focused on and especially we like Sean dealt with most of this was the customer and making sure that we rectified the mistake instantly and as efficiently as we could so now when I say when we went above and beyond I absolutely mean we Sean went above and beyond. I can't even take credit for this. But like this, this guy need, we had to fix his car or the guys had to fix his car. And now these mistakes don't happen often, but when they do, they make you feel sick and sh- you, you just do whatever you can to rectify it. So Sean, this guy needed a car. So Sean actually rang around trying to find a hire car because our courtesy car was booked out. Someone had it. And in the end, Sean gave this man who's, we'd made a mistake on the car, his own keys. It had our kids' car seats in, everything, like family car. And Sean said, just take my car, we'll get you a hire car and we'll figure this out. Now, let's go back to the consumer or the customer. As a consumer or a customer, seeing that that person or that person's business has made a mistake. It's like the mistakes happened. We can't do anything about that. What we can control and what we can do something about is how we rectify the mistake and how where we go from there. And it's the redemption. So we fixed this man's car straight away. Like I said, very very expensive. We drove. I drove Sean to Frankston. We went and picked up an actual hire car. We brought it back. We gave it to this man. It was all sorted within probably like, let's say like maybe three or four days. And this man is, I said to Sean, God, I don't know if he's going to come back. Like he was pissed, right? He was pissed because it was so inconvenient, but he knew it was a mistake and he obviously saw how it was rectified and how much we we tried, especially Sean, but we all tried to rectify this mistake and we did our best and we apologized and we took full ownership we knew that it was going to cost us a lot of money, but it was like, there's no point blaming, denying, like, and I think that when things go wrong, people are really quick to like shift the the blame or shift the heat. And it was like, Sean said, this is my business. This is my responsibility. Like we, we lapsed judgment. There was a simple mistake. Let's rectify it. And we did. Now, some people, they try and yeah, deny, blame. And I think that's the worst thing you can do is let your ego get in the way when you make a mistake or you you have a failure. But in this instance, we got it sorted, right? This man, I said to Sean, he's not, I don't think he's going to come back. Like, I actually just don't think he's going to come back. He's been back many times since then. He stayed on with us. This was his, when the mistake happened, it was his first experience with us. He actually said, I stopped going to the dealership and I came to you guys because I heard you were so good and then this happens and Sean's like yeah I know I know mate like there's nothing I can do but fix it so super interesting how when we look at the two stories and we use the hair example you can see the, the theme there of the mistake happens there's nothing you can do about it once the mistake is done, the only thing you can do about it, you can't go back in a time machine capsule and undo the past. All you can do is rectify it. Own it. Take responsibility and accountability and rectify the situation. Right, what can I do? And there's nothing worse than when someone stuffs something up and they don't take accountability. I think accountability is a really big thing here. The removal list. Took accountability and responsibility, and was like, "I'm so sorry, I'm rectifying this." The mistake that happened in the workshop, we took accountability. Sean is so good at this; he doesn't even, you know, he didn't blame the person who made the mistake. He, did, he just fucking. There's no point. Obviously, the conversation was had that we need to do better and things like that, but it was like we just have to get this fixed up ASAP, as efficiently as possible. That is the that is the point here. And it's the same with the hairdressing example. You know, if somebody was in my chair and I wasn't happy with something because I'd made a mistake or something hadn't gone right, I wouldn't try and hide it and cover it up and just hope that they never said anything. I would say, speak up and say, hey, I'm actually not happy. I've had it where there's been like one tiny piece of hair that has like one foil that's been slightly thicker than the rest. And I've actually said to the client, I come back next week, I want to fix this. And they're like, are you serious? That's nothing. I just, I'm not even going to bother because I'm a perfectionist and I like things to be seamless, but that is what's in integrity. And integrity is really important. And I believe when mistakes happen, you need to choose your integrity over your ego. And what that actually looks like is the ego likes to blame, deflect, all of those things. Integrity. If you were choosing integrity over ego, you wouldn't blame and deflect. You would take accountability and responsibility. And I've just said that so many times. But it's true. And we need this to land, especially if you own a business. But this, this can be for anyone in life. If you fuck up, own it. And that is what's going to actually earn your respect, is your ability to own it when you fuck up. Own it when you fail. Oh, okay, how can I learn from this? How can I do better? Because if you're not, if you're blaming and you're deflecting and you're in your ego, you're not going to learn anything but how to blame people better. And I think when we look at failure, a lot of people, the failure, no matter which form this looks like, it stings a bit, right? It stings the ego, And nobody wants to fail And nobody wants to look like they've failed But when I see people fail And just shake off the dust and get back up I look at them and I'm like I have mad respect for you And within my coaching business recently I realised that last year I was, and I've spoken about this a little bit Doing things I wouldn't call them mistakes necessarily Because, I mean, I guess some of them you would think potentially there were mistakes, but I wouldn't even look at it like that. I would call them learning curves of like where I probably implemented things because of uh, outside influence. And at the end of the day, full responsibility and accountability, it was my choice at the end of the day. And it was things like putting my prices up as high as they went. And yes, you know, I had a mentor at the time that said, it needs to be this price, like you need to have your prices higher. And I could sit here and I could deflect and I could blame a mentor and I could, but at the end of the day, I chose to put them up to that price. Now, I personally don't think I was ready yet to put them up to that price. And this has resulted in me this year, dropping my ego and actually dropping my price with that. I, it's something I ummed an odd about a lot because I don't necessarily want to, you know, I, there's a fine line between dropping your prices right back and attracting people who, you know, maybe are not your ideal or target client and then you don't also want to keep them where they are because then nobody will sign up. And it's been the thing where I've had a few people join uh smaller containers and things like that but my higher price point longer containers I really haven't had anybody join for a little while and for me it's really about coming back into integrity and I've spoken about this before you know surrounding the changes that I have been making slowly over the, the start of this year like going back into hairdressing a couple of days a week For myself, still and still running, you know, a business, still running businesses, but just having different branches and like that's the way I see. I see personal brand. I think it's really important, and I see Mel Custer is the personal brand, and then off of that personal brand, I have businesses, different things I like to do. Think of them as branches off a tree, and that is, you know, my hairdressing my podcast not you know my podcast doesn't make me money right now but it's just something that i fucking love doing and it's a passion project my coaching now my coaching is no longer my main source of income it's where i can really just do it from a place of overflow from passion from love and i'm not you know having all this pressure to create and like in the last podcast with dij and she said you can't put a gun to a painter's head or an artist's head and expect them to produce them their most beautiful and amazing work. And it's so true. I couldn't keep having that pressure of having to create or having to sign clients or having to, you know, create programs or masterclasses or whatever just for the sake of making money. That doesn't feel in integrity to me. And for some people that might but for me, it just doesn't. For me, I had to really come back to why did I start my coaching business in the first place? Why did I ever want to actually be a coach and anchor back into that? And that's what I've done. And I've been able to do that by having the other branches off of my tree and let's call it, you know, my personal brand. Working within the workshop and, you know, I, I, a lot of what I do there is, most of what I do there is back end, behind the scenes. So, that's easy for me. I can do that whenever and I can do it an hour a day or two hours a day or three hours. Like it's very minimal work really. And it's a big job. When I say it's a big job, it's like, it's a big job mentally to keep things on track. And it's something you have to be consistent with. That's a whole another conversation, but coming back to, you know, getting back into hair a little bit and just doing these things that allow me to really just run my coaching business and and do this podcast from a real, a really clean place, a place that's in deep, deeply in integrity. And that feels so fucking good. I feel so happy. I feel so lit up now by what I do, just like I was at the start of my coaching journey. Now, I actually had a friend, because I did say that there was moments last year where I wasn't feeling happy, and now I'm finally feeling happy, and I want to, she actually said to me, oh, but you seemed so happy last year, were you just pretending? And it's like, no, I actually felt like, oh yeah, I am happy last year. And there were moments, definitely, where I was happy, but hindsight is you know, a wonderful thing. And I'm able to look back now and go, oh, okay. I thought I was like living the absolute dream and all of that stuff, but I can see now that I was actually quite dysregulated and under a lot of pressure. And that pushed me slightly out of integrity to the, you know, where, to the point where I was kind of creating things that I, I wouldn't say I wasn't embodied in them, but I think I was kind of creating them because I felt like I had to create, I was probably birthing them before they were ready, just things like that. And it's, you know, I don't regret it because again, it's a lesson and that's amazing. But now coming into this year and just like resetting a huge part of my business, it's been so good for me. And and I just, I'm finally in a place now where I'm feeling like I'm really loving my business also getting really clear on what I do, not what everyone else does and what the evolution, what everyone else's evolution looks like, because that's really irrelevant to me. You know, I talk about this all the time about being you and doing things the way you want to. And I've just really had to come back to that in the last couple of months, just surrounding why did I start? What do I actually want to do? What is my vision? Am I, And I had to really check in. Am I following other people's footsteps because I think that's just the the industry standard and there was parts of me that yes that was the answer was yes to that and it's been for me now really just tapping into me what I want to do and you know I had to scale that right back in order to propel forward so I'm really sitting in a place now where I am just becoming more and more obsessed every day with my business but also my life like you know if you're not having fun in your business, have fun in your life because that that's what's most important. And I think the other piece as well is like the entitlement piece. And I know that I had a, a... There's a lot of coaches out there that are like, I was never entitled. I never blah, blah, blah. But to say you never had some sense of entitlement, I think is like hilarious because I feel everybody has some some entitlement within their business at some stages. It's just that some people... Uh, it's more prominent than others, and for me, I definitely had entitlement last year. Hence, the prices, you know, going up when I probably should have just held a little bit longer and things like that. And it's been a really big process to notice that entitlement and and really bring it back and let go of that of that entitlement and really, I guess you could say humble myself. But like I said it's all been a lesson and you know I actually I'm glad I've done things the way that I have and you know what I noticed as well is there's a conversation that's like floating around the industry right now about hard work and you know we spoke about this with Dij in the last podcast and I think what what kind of happened in last year was a lot of people thought that they could make lots of money doing fuck all and I know for a fact that maybe not in those those words but That's kind of what I believe last year. And I had it proven to me that I could actually make... I wouldn't say I did fuck all, but I definitely didn't work that much. I didn't work that hard. And I still made really good money. But what happened, what I noticed happened in... I'm going to talk about my personal experience, not actually like the industry conversation. But for me, in my salon, when I had my salon, I worked so hard... To the point I worked too hard. I had no balance. I was burnt out. I was resentful. I was just like fully in that like masculine hustle energy. And it was an unhealthy balance of it. Now I believe you can work hard but have a healthy balance still. And actually still be really happy and enjoying life. I also believe that hard work sometimes requires sacrifice. And that's a part of building an empire and a business what i found happened was once i sold my salon and i wasn't in that real hectic you know working super hard working myself into the ground i did a full pendulum swing over to the other side and that was where i thought that i could like just make money meditating at the beach and journaling and showing up on my stories and talking and what i soon pretty quickly realized was like that might make you money short term but long-term, like, sustainability, it didn't work, okay? My, my income started tapering off and I was like, holy shit, I actually need to work. Like, I gotta actually work hard for this. And I had this expectation that I didn't need to work hard. And again, I can't blame anyone, but there was definitely conversations going around of, like, work less, earn more, the less I work, the more I make. It's just not true for most people and... I think that the whole industry now has done this thing where they've gone, oh no, like, it gets to be, and like, again, we said, we spoke about this in the the previous podcast with Dish, and she said, it gets to be easy. And it's like, yes, it does. Eventually, it gets to be easy, but you don't get to bypass the hard work. And I think that's where, you know, I had worked hard in my hairdressing business, which is why it was so successful. And then I came into an, an entirely new industry with this sense of entitlement that like, oh, I can just not do that much. And like, I am an attractor and I'm magnetizing and people will come to me and I'll get to help them. And you know, I had this expectation that like, I didn't have to do all that much, but coach people. And it's just not true. I can just tell you, and it might be true for the short term, but then, like I said, it's not sustainable. And I really realized that the hard way, but again, It's all a lesson. And now what I'm finding is this, you know, I said the pendulum swung right to the other end. Now it's kind of landing back in the middle. And if you picture a pendulum, like, you know, it can go one side to the other, but eventually it like finds the equilibrium in the middle. And that's where I feel like I'm kind of getting to now where I'm really finding this sweet spot of like, I'm working, I'm actually putting in hard work and doing what's required for me to build you know, my dream businesses, my dream life and I say businesses plural because it's, I'm not sitting here going, I'm only ever going to be a coach. My vision and, and my vision for my brand and my life is just so much bigger than that. So building businesses and helping other people, you know, get through their, their own shit, like get through their own mindset limitations is just, the best fucking thing for me and helping people see their power and step into it. It's my jam. So that to me is a dream. And yes, that there is an element of that being easy, but the actual business and creating the life that you want sometimes and most of the time actually requires hard work and then it gets to be easy, you know, and I've always been a worker. Like I've always liked to work I feel productive when I work, I, it, it keeps me motivated, it keeps my energy up, I truly do like to work, it's just not doing it in an unhealthy way and yes, sometimes it requires sacrifice and sometimes that sacrifice is your energy but at the end of the day, I know that I'm going to have sustainable growth, I know that I'm working towards what I want and then at the end I get to look back and go, I fucking worked for this and I'm so proud of myself for doing so. But I am going to leave the conversation there. I love you all. And I will chat to you guys in the next episode. Bye.